Hi, everybody, and welcome to Girl Club. Every Saturday morning live and airing in repeats on Salem Light Source One Place and Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel. Um, you guys, we have had a really powerful last few weeks talking to uh, my Girl Club crew here about really dealing with the spirit of rejection, especially when it becomes demonically empowered. You know, uh, mocking enemies, uh, spirits of rejection, uh, spirits of failure. These things are real. And you can see it as evidenced all over the world by how people respond to trying to live an authentic life. You know, a, a spirit of rejection literally victimizes its prey by causing them to feel worthless and unwanted. And it also works together with the spirit of self-pity as its kind of right hand, um, which drives people away. You know, the more you live in that, the more you repel people and you repel opportunity, you repel victory from your life and you allow abandonment and isolation to move in. And of course, many of us fear abandonment. We fear isolation, but most of us don't realize that we're actually creating our own self-fulfilling prophecy um, by allowing this spirit to run rampant in our lives unchecked and undefeated. You know, and how do you defeat it? Well, you defeat it by the word of God and you defeat it by getting it out on the table and talking about it. And that's what we've been doing. So joining me today on Girl Club is Christina Reynolds. You know, Christina, she's an amazing worship leader from the International House of Prayer. She's also my regular sidekick on the sessions. Hi, Christina. Hello, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> and our and our other partner in crime, Nova Page, another fabulous singer, songwriter, worship leader, and pastor. And she's a girlfriend of mine in real life and right here on Girl Club. Hey, Nova. Hi, love you. Love you too. Guys, it's good to see you. This is, it's a, it's been an interesting kind of time, I think, unpacking this topic. And uh, last week, Christina and I started talking about the first sort of five out of 10 kind of indicators that you may be having and living out the fruits of a spirit of rejection in your life. And so we're going to pick up and kind of dive into the last 10 today. But before we do that, how you doing, girls? How was the week? It's been a week. <laughs> I think it's, Nova been, can agree. <laughs> it's been a week. It is. It's yeah. been a week. Um, we'll just say a lot of opportunity to know that God is good. We'll just standing firm on that, that yeah. he's good and he's above it all. But it's been a week. Yeah. yeah, yeah, up and down, heartbreak, um, wild stuff, and and good things too. But it's it's been a it's been a week. What what's the? Uh, I think you know. I, I'm tempted to ask what's the what's the scripture? What's the lesson that's gotten you through the week? I know you said Nova. You know, God is good, right? Is there something that this week that kind of affirms that for you or holds your hand through all of this? Um, well, knowing that I'm born of God and the evil one can't touch me is one that's in first John, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, but just, I am my beloved's and he is mine. Hmm. Just really paring it down to simplicity. Like, you know what, Lord, I'm yours. You are mine and sitting in it and making room 
for him to speak and not be overwhelmed by all the circumstances and, and trusting that like you're with me in this and you're with those around me that are hurting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Christina, you. Wow. I don't know. I feel like there's been a few veins that I've been in, but I think the Lord has just been hitting me with his compassion but how he's near to the broken. He's near to the needy, those who are need, those who are sick and who need saving, you know, like those are the people that he's with. So I can, I don't have to be perfect because he's here with me because I'm broken and needy and I'm sick, you know, in my heart. So yeah, remembering that about him. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it God, God reminded me this week, um, just when I ask the question, you know, what's been going on? I, I think about it for myself and it's like, you know, I, I have, I have two friends um, who are old enough to know better. Do you know what I mean? But don't. And um, <laughs> you know, now think about that ladies. Cause that's a mouthful, right? Cause we all have friends who are old enough to know better in the Lord and don't. And um, you know, two friends in a group of friends, Christians, they're, baby Christians, one of them shouldn't be. And, you know, they're just making kind of a mess because they decided that they like each other. And um, the baby, baby Christian, the man, he's trying to be uh, pure um, in how he deals with God's daughter. And God's daughter is trying to, you know, get him into bed because that's all she knows. Those are her tricks. But she's supposed to be the mature one in Christ. And, um, Dealing with it is very interesting because it's caused me to go to a place of real, just like um, it's hard to have compassion. You know, I, I kind of, I go to a place of um, it's not even, I don't think it's judgment. It's more just anger and disappointment. Like, okay, you know what you guys, you, you just should know better. Like you should. Uh, and so I get, I, I have a lack of patience or empathy. That's a good word. I, I have a lack of empathy sometimes when I look and I go, well, I told you so. And the whole world is now blowing up for both of you. I told you so. And every single thing I told them was going to happen if they handled things the way that their brokenness was trying to handle things. Of course, it's happening. I even made a joke yesterday. I said, you know, my tombstone is going to say, here lies mom. She told you so. Like, I mean, like, it's like the story of my life. I'm like, God, can I not always see the end at the beginning and the mess that's going to happen because of things? But I do. I have that. I don't know if that's a gift or not. Sometimes it feels like a curse. Like, but I just can't go willy nilly. Like everything is, you know, I, I, I'm aware, you know, of consequences and actions and, I, and I'm aware of it for others. And I think I'm pretty aware of it for myself. So God's been teaching me this week to have empathy, even though I told you so. And so yesterday, it's funny because in the middle of, of, of something where everybody else is being wrong, you know, I said to everybody else, like, Hey, we should stop and pray for them. We should just stop and pray for them. Cause we could talk about this till the cows come home and maybe they should be more mature in Christ. Maybe whatever, maybe they shouldn't, but they aren't. And it is what it is. And you know what? We just need to pray because we need to be mature in Christ also and not gossip. So that's been sort of an interesting chain of events going through the week that is probably way too stupid to talk about. But um, 
<laughs> no, I, you know what, Cynthia, you hit something there. I think also what stops gossip is empathy because yeah. all of a sudden you turn it and you're like, but I have, even though, you know, right. We know, we know the right and wrong way of think, thinking about things. But if we are being in Christ and like Christ, he always, again, takes people out of shame and, and, and wants to see them reconcile to himself. And right. so that empathy you know, creates the, oh, well, we don't need to talk about it. Like we can, we really do need to, to pray. And it does stop it. It does stop it. Right. Right. We get in a better place it, to it, really it, live out compassionately. It, it, right? it's, yeah. Cause we want the best for those people. Yeah. But it doesn't help like talking about them. It helps to, you know, love them unconditionally. Yes, yes, yes. Your brothers and sisters in Christ are a perfect opportunity to practice love. Oh, so true. Oh my gosh. You know what? Can I just say something about that? I think I've been realizing, I'm like, it's actually really easy for me to, it, I feel like it's easier for me to love people who don't know the Lord. Yes. But it is yes. even harder yes. to love somebody who is in the faith. I don't know why, it's, but I think it's just the dynamic of like family and strangers. There's yeah. something about like, it's so much harder to love your family. And when we all like are part of the family of God and, you know, we've chosen to like, live our life, surrender to Lord Jesus. We are literally family. And I've, I think that's, that's why I shared the whole, like, he's near to the broken. He's near to the needy. He's near the jacked up because he's been teaching me how to love people. And it's not, it's not the person on the street. Or it's not the person, you know, in the lane next to me who flips me off. Cause I'm like, I could care less, but it really is the person who loves God as well. And who hurts me or who just annoys me. I feel like it's so much harder. Sorry. It I just had to. So much. <laughs> no, it is so much harder because you expect more from them. You expect, yeah. more, you know, you just expect more from them. And so it is harder. And I just love that scripture. Christina, can I have the site? He's near to the jacked up. Oh, he's near to the, okay, that's the Christina version. I have to look it up though. I know, no, I know that. I love it. I'm like, I love it. It's in the book of Christina, uh, oh, 10, verse 11. He is near to the jacked up. I know because he's near to me. So right. I'm going to try to practice empathy. Lord is near the jacked up. Oh gosh, Anna put it on the screen. <laughs> I know. But, a, but you know, it's so perfect because honestly, like, A, I love, I love this form of, of teaching and I love Girl Club because it's, scripture is real and it's alive and it's relevant. And I love, you know, sometimes you guys will make the deepest scriptural uh, uh, truth or teaching. Um, you'll put it in people speak, Right. You know, and, and, and I'm, t I'm sorry when I'm brokenhearted, I'm jacked up, you know, when I'm feeling sad and lonely and overlooked and unwanted and abandoned, I'm jacked up. And when I'm feeling rejected, you know, I really am jacked up. I act jacked up. I, you know, everything starts to feel jacked up and my experience is jacked up and it's messed up, you know, and it's like, that's what we've been really talking about, you know, just this whole mocking spirits and spirits of rejection and words. You know, uh, you know, it, 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 it'll taunt you by using your failures against you, you know, and actually I really believe that a spirit of rejection will constantly bring you 
perceived failure so that you can just eventually one day give up. And I think that's how the enemy uses it, you know, but we're going to dive in today. And the first thing I am going to say to you is don't give up. You know, if you have a spirit of rejection at work in your life, if you're struggling with words that have been put on you by other people or even by yourself, words that now sound like your own voice playing themselves over and over again in your mind, you know, it'll never happen for you. You may hear words like that. You may hear words like you're too fat, you're too black, you're too blonde, you're not this enough, you're not that enough, you're privileged, it's not your time anymore, it's all this stuff. You know, you can't because you won't because of this, you know, all of that stuff is like the enemy's playbook, you know, to get you to feel rejected and to get you to give up on yourself, you know, and to give up on others and to give up on life in general, but don't do it. You know, don't let this spirit be at work running your life, recognize when it's at work in your life and then learn to take spiritual authority over it because everybody experiences rejection. We've all felt the sort of mockery of that enemy that taunts us in our mind that says, you know, you're anything but a daughter of a king. You're anything but able to overcome. So at some time or another, we all have to deal with that. And we've been talking about the things that indicate you know, that you might have a demonically empowered spirit of rejection at work in your life. And last week, Christina and I started with the first five. I'm going to run them off to you really quickly. Um, And then we're going to pick up the last five. So the first one was you find yourself comparing your circumstances or situations with others and you never seem to measure up. The second one, you feel like you missed out on life's opportunities and now it's just too late. You know that one, right? I'm too old. It's too late. It didn't happen. It hasn't happened for me all this time. So it's not going to happen now. Number three, no amount of encouragement is enough to convince you of your worth. And you know this one. All your friends tell you, girl, you're fabulous. They all tell you how smart you are. It doesn't matter. Nobody can actually convince you of your self-worth. Like you just don't seem to hear what we're all telling you. I'm telling a lot of you right now, you're amazing. You're fierce. You're fabulous. You were created with a purpose and you're still struggling with believing what I'm saying to you. And I'm not saying it from myself. I'm saying it from what the Holy Spirit is laying on me right now to say to any of you watching, you are amazing. Don't let this spirit mess you up. Uh, The fourth one we talked about was that, and this is a good one. You feel rejected if you're not greeted or acknowledged by leadership or by those in authority. And you know that one, you know, uh, the one that makes you shrink or makes you get about this small. You pull your voice back. You pull your presence back because you don't feel like you're being acknowledged or recognized by leadership. Well, girlfriend, you know who you are in Christ. If you're struggling with that, then you got to go. You just got to go as with all of these to the word of God because you know who you are. Build it up. Build up your identity in Christ and you won't seek acknowledgement from others outside of yourself. The fifth one we dealt with last week was um, if you feel like you constantly seek the approval of others or suffer from people pleasing. People pleasers are usually dealing with the spirit of rejection because they feel like if they don't please, if they don't seek the approval of other people, then they're going to get rejected. They're not going to get invited back. They're going to be talked about in a certain way or thought of badly. It's not true. 
set your boundaries and don't worry about other people because if those other people really love you and and they care, they may struggle with the boundary you need to set, but they'll adjust and they'll deal because they love you and you're worth it. And when you show up, it's awesome. So if you're suffering with people pleasing, man, you got to remember, you know, the Bible says, don't be a respecter of persons. We're all the same. Don't put anybody on a pedestal above yourself. Be respectful, be honest, be kind. But while you do that to others, do it also for yourself and then find the balance, right? So ladies, the sixth one that I really want to dive into right now is um, for those who feel that you're easily offended or embarrassed from discipline or correction. (laughs) Guilty. (laughs) Yeah, well, correction doesn't feel good (laughs) at at all. Talk to me, Christina. Uh, You're great. You're great for the, you actually, you work in kind of a very, you know, you work with a lot of people in a church structure and a system and all of that. I can imagine this is a really interesting one to deal with. Um, so when I was younger, I did not take discipline well or discipline or correction or even criticism. Cause I took it as like a, I took it too personally, honestly. And I always had such, I think it goes along with the, if you like, if you don't get acknowledged by leadership, if the only acknowledgement that you get is correction, then it can just even more so like fuel that idea. Oh man, I'm not good enough. Or like, why, you know, why this, it goes against your identity. But as I've gotten older and I've really worked on like, like real, like, like trying to take every criticism, even like a hate comment or just something that seems totally from left field as just a learning point, a growing point. And that, that honestly just comes with age. I think (laughs) the longer you live, you're like, wait, does it matter? you know, let me grow from this. As I grow, like, as I've gotten older, I'm starting to shift that, you know, and as I've gotten more like grounded in my identity before the Lord and, and what he says about me, because sometimes people's discipline or criticism or correction is based upon their own opinions and actually doesn't have bear any weight upon how you should live your life. So I've also learned that I need to like be in connection with the Holy spirit and be really confident in who I am. So I don't just do whatever someone told me that because that's my other thing. Someone give me a point of correction and it really shouldn't have applied to me. And I would change my life around to like respond to that. And it's like, wait, hold up. This, this person was talking out of their ego or they just want me to live my life like they did. And it has, it should have no bearing on my life. So it goes like both ways, you know, it it definitely goes both. It definitely goes both ways. I think the most beautiful discipline or correction is when you can listen to someone and and go, and I love this because an ex-boyfriend of mine who's totally not a believer, his dad, though, taught me this lesson. He said, here's your response. I'll take it under advisement. And then go take it under advisement. Okay, right. this person just said X, Y, and Z. Uh do they really have a, uh, is there anything correct in what they're saying? Is there any way I can grow in, from what they're saying? Let me take this all. And instead of feeling embarrassed or ashamed or all of those feelings are really from not knowing who you are and not having taken what was said under advisement first, because there may be some right in what they said, 
There may be some wrong in what they said. They may be completely wrong in what they said. But when you don't get into emotion and feeling, you can kind of step back and go, yeah, no, that moment that we just had, you were on crack and I saw the pipe. And so I can't listen to you. You know, you're not really like, you gotta like put everything in context or it could be, okay, this person is wrong about this and this. They don't really know that part of my life, but they did tap into something else. And it makes me think about this. And I, Hmm. And I always say with this one, be a noticer of, of your feelings and emotions. Actually, I try to say that every day. Like, Notice how you're feeling. You know, I check myself a lot. Like, why am I feeling angry right now? Why am I feeling sad? What's really going on? You know, and then on top of that, it could be if someone has given me a correction or or discipline, it's like, well, okay, why do I, why am I reacting to them in this way? Sometimes I'll tell you, you know, it's funny. Sometimes my husband will say, um, why are you mad? in response to a comment I made and I'm not. And then I'm pissed because <laughs> I'm like, why are you accusing me of being mad? Now I am mad, you know, but, but my, I'm very, I'm, a, I'm very forceful in the way I speak. And I realize it as I, as I get older, I, I, I just say things like, and it, there's nothing, there's, it's not that I'm mad. It's not that I'm angry. It's not that I have any thought over and above, honey, do that please. Or can you not do that? Or, and he now is so defensive that 50% of the time now he's, he's kind of reacting in a way. And I'm like, I'm not mad or I, I wasn't yelling. You know, he'll say, you're yelling. I'm like, no, I'm not yelling. If you want me to yell, a lot of things happen when I get to yelling. My head starts to move and my hands start to move and my voice really goes up. And so now I'm upset because he's not even able to process me in a moment. And, and it's, and it's usually, you know, it's it, that public kind of, or that kind of discipline or correction when you don't deserve it can really cause you to need to be corrected. You know, <laughs> you know so. <sighs> Nova, I know you're like, I know I see you. What Nova? You know, it's interesting because actually something you said kind of reminded me of a story from like, I'm like, I'm not kidding you. I think it was maybe 20 years ago, even um, Ricky and I were invited by a ministry person to um, come to another state and, and start a ministry. And we we're like, you know what? We'll consider it. We were like praying about it. We went there. Um, I had the I, I mean, to talk about like stopping and checking, what am I feeling? I just right away, I got into the space and I was like, this is not for us, but we're going to, we're going to move forward. But I don't want to give them this false hope. Like, yeah, we love it here. So I was just very, you know, chill about the whole situation. And they're like, oh, we need to get together with these people. So you guys can get together and worship. And I was like, you know, let's just pause on that. Let's just, so we were there for like the weekend. They had us buying a house and we're like, we were just coming to pray. And oh. I don't think we were not, I don't know if we were rude. I don't think we were, but we got this letter 
that was ripping us a new and improved insult like you've never heard before in your life. And it just went on and on. And you guys are this. And you and, and we kind of got the letter. And everything in both of us were like, how dare you? We went to a, uh, one of our mentors. His name was Carl Schieffer. And he looked at us and said, this is how I want you to respond. Thank you so much for your insight. God bless you. And send the let send the reply back. We actually put a letter in there. Thank you so much for you know your um, your insight. God bless you and and the ministry God's called you to. Wow. And it because everything in us wanted to defend like we didn't do that. We didn't say that. We didn't. Be, be. And it was just this wisdom mm-hmm. from heaven, like you said, Cynthia, where it diffuses. Because who wants to, to battle back? I don't want to battle. We have kingdom work to do. Right. So it kind of just, it set actually a course for us in ministry wow. like 20 years ago. And we haven't always done it right. But I remember one time I just thought, you know what? I'm worshiping and I'm just doing a great job of leading this song. It's just like, woohoo, getting to the heart of people. This was years ago. And the pastor came to and pulled the song. He's like, that's the most boring song in the whole entire world. I was like, what are you talking about? People are feeling God's presence. Like what, what? And he pulled it. And, you know, even though I didn't agree and I, I, I didn't agree, but I was like, you know what? It, this is, I don't need to fight about this. Like, I don't need to like, this is what needs to happen. I was like, you got it. We'll make an adjustment. It was hard for me to swallow because I really felt like, there was a theme and we were moving somewhere because we had like, you know, all these services, but it, I had to mm-hmm. kind of just humble myself. Yeah. I, I really did. And it didn't, like, I've made so many mistakes in the area of like getting really offended mm-hmm. and feeling really rejected. And it's been, it's been hard. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have, I, it has been hard on, on my ego, but I, I've, I've been learning to, killed that ego and realizing too that you know life doesn't happen to me it happens for me right Mm -hmm. so I all these things are happening for me you know whether God wants me to have that empathy when someone else is going through it so I don't ever make somebody feel like I felt like it's happening because maybe God's trusting me to be that person that can step in and be gracious because I've been through it, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I have been embarrassed and I have had a heart, but I'm, I'm learning that the, that the Lord is telling me, no, that who doesn't love to be around people that are teachable? Mm-hmm. Who wants to be around a know-it-all all the time? Right. That's not, nobody really wants that. And that's what you were talking about earlier, Cynthia. And one of the other, you know, one of the five is like, you kind of, when you're like that, you really do people that scoot out of your life because it's just not fun to be around. So being able to take correction with like, like I do want to think about that. And also like you said, Christine, it's like sometimes they're not, it's not, no, I'm not, it doesn't feel like in line here, but I am going to thank you for your feedback. Thank Mm -hmm. you for sharing that with me. And often it's just not about you. It's just about what they're going through. And right. I know oh, yeah. right. that's so, about what they're going through. You know what? That's so good, Nova. And it's convicting. It's convicting because my response 
to Rogers should probably be, I'm not angry, but if you process that as if I was yelling or angry, I'll take it under advisement and think about it. You know, like it's going that extra step when you feel that you're right or you're in an emotion because you feel that you're right. I think actually love would prob- love would step back and kind of go right or wrong, whatever this correction or this rebuke or this discipline is about, I'm going to love enough to not react and to mm-hmm. actually sit with this and seek the Lord's response and reply before I say anything. You know, too, like when I think about when Ricky and I have been in conflict mm-hmm. and he's had a really harsh tone, which I can be harsh too, but he's more of like a, bah, like he's a preacher and like he, he just says stuff. Right. And sometimes I'll just say, honey, if your tone, just like, it's your tone. And he's like, what are you talking about my tone? I'm just telling you the way it is. I'm like, yeah, I, I, but I have to be honest with you as much as you're being honest with me. And like, that's the place where even when my tone has been wrong, I will say to him, you probably received that because I came across so rude and my intention is not to hurt you or offend you or be rude to you. Cause I know that who I, I know you can't receive my love that way. So, you know what? I'm going to make the correction. I'm going to watch my tone. And you know what? Would you please like, just let's just have a word like, like tone or whatever. And so that I become aware because sometimes mm-hmm. maybe I'm not aware. Maybe I'm not aware. And if you receive love differently than, than the way I receive it, then I, if I'm really going to be a servant and bless your, your life, then I'm going to look not to my interest, but to yours. And it's like that, it's that dance in marriage and in life, like looking, like being a student of other people, not seeing your needs met all the time, but like being a student and being self-aware in this world, you know, Mm -hmm. with the people that are in our world. So I don't want to digress, but yeah. No, that's so good. Mic drops. Yeah, it is. It's so good. I think we can, I see a couple of really great comments. Um, Hmm. Good question. I think the enemy uses our own insecurities to bring us down the old adage. We are our own worst enemy. Oh, it's true. It's true. I, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of our Christian walk is about actually understanding that the enemy is using our own stuff against us, you know, and we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but powers and principalities. And we got to remember that spiritual warfare isn't just about it's 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 not at all about fighting other people. It's about mm-hmm. fighting the enemy that might be working through other people on you and True. your stuff and your brokenness, your weaknesses, your areas of insecurity. And it's a, uh, I, I, look, it plays right into the, this other comment, you know, um, from the power of a virtuous woman. What do you ladies think about when you believe it's the enemy taunting you, but really it's your own insecurities taunting you to bring you down? Well, that's exactly what all of this is about. You know, um, it's about understanding that those spirits of rejection, that mocking spirit that works with it, it's, you know, you might as well call it a taunting spirit. I mean, it, it is, it's that, it's that spirit that uses your own insecurities to bring you down. And I think for what, you know, you know, for the, 
the woman who sent in this question, I think what you have to actually really pay attention to is the fact that it's a spirit. It's real. You know, this is a real demonic force that is using your own insecurities, your brokenness, your areas of weakness that the enemy knows exist. You know, he knows. Yeah. And, and Cynthia, it's about I, whether we are going to agree with it That's or right. not agree with it. So right. are we going to agree with it? And then what do we have to do? We, like you said, Cynthia, we have to stop. We have to check ourselves, check it, and then make the decision. But there is a process in that. And it is hard when you're in that, like even fight or flight. How do you, how do you do that? But you have to train it. You know what? We have to train ourselves to do that. Super mindful and aware of it, but we have to either agree or not agree. And it is, there is a choice. We have a will, you know, and, and, and it is a process to become very aware of what is going on in here. It, it, it's a process. Yeah. Right. And actually um, someone just commented that, yes, it's the enemy in me who lingers through me with strongholds that I've had in place in my life many years ago. And this resonates with me because I've been going through a season of season of inner healing. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's just been, I, my mind has been open to the fact that, wow, like these strongholds or these like lies or insecurities that I have agreed with, it gives the enemy a foot, it gives him permission. I've just said, all right, Satan, I've given you permission. I've opened up the door for you. Come and torment me, you know? And it was just like a few days ago that I didn't realize that I had a huge agreement with rage, rage and anger. And just like that Hulk monster spirit of just like, I will protect myself by all means through this. You know, I had no idea but it, the Lord took me back to this memory and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't just make an agreement. I vowed that I would never be hurt this, this, whatever. And it was within the last two months that the Lord was allowing me to really get triggered left and right. Just rage monster, Christine over here. But then like walking through, no, I, you know, can't even imagine it actually. Are you serious? Keep All going. the attitude, girl. I was ready to fight everybody. You look at me wrong. I'm like, let's go. No, but, um. No, but, but then I, I just, but I realized even in that moment of like, of surrendering to the Lord and like really renouncing that spirit of rage, a part of me didn't want to let it go. So like you're saying, no, but it's a real choice. Cause I'm like, I'm afraid, but this is what I've done for like the last 15 years to feel safe. Like, what if you don't protect me? Like all these lies start coming up that you therefore have a choice to go. Will I agree and believe that God's my defender, that God's my protector, that he's got me? Or am I going to continue to rely on this lie that allows the enemy to wreak havoc in my life? You know, so I think there's like, yes, there's the choice. And then there's the man, you really have to go, wow, am I'm allowing this. I have, I've signed off on this. Come torment me. You know what I mean? So like realizing that as well, like the different strongholds or the lies that you're agreeing with as well on top of the choices and the decisions and daily life, all that. It's crazy. Have you, have you guys ever heard, have you guys ever felt this or had this, this, uh, in your head? Because I think this comes from a spirit of rejection. Um, but I I have had that just this one sentence when someone has offended me and been extremely rude to me, I'll get this uppity thing where I'm like, who do you think you are? Oh yeah. Have anybody (laughs) who doesn't feel that? And who do you think you are? I'm so convicted right now because Christina and I are so alike that I'm like, uh oh, if she's dealing with this, it probably means I need to deal with this all over. 
I'm like, who doesn't feel that way? If you look at me wrong at Target, I'm gonna be like, who do you think you, who do you think like, you are? What's wrong with me? Calm down. Wow. It's true. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's wow, it's so interesting. And no, it's it's an and it's an ego arrogance, yeah, but it but it is awesome. seated, it is seated in um feeling like, do down. I, do, and do and do I know who I am? Right. Because if I let you go, if you I let you do that to me, am I really as rooted as I thought I was? Right. So I mean, it it I tell you, I've had to work on that because I'm like, in even if I'm not, even if I, and God knows, even if I'm not saying it, I'm like, who do you think you are? Right. And and that is, I mean, that's just full confessional because yeah. it is my ego and my pride. And the Lord's like, but do you know who I am? Do you know how much I love you? Do you know how much I love them? Right. Like, oh. and all that, it, it's back to the compassion. It's back to the empathy right. and, and, and knowing that they're probably lashing out or doing whatever because of, they don't know who they are. So right. it's like, what do we just fight back and forth right. like this? Or do you just go, wow, man, like, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. And help me respond in a way that, um, brings you makes your your name look great and you make you look good no nova it's i'm t- it's so crazy because you actually said something really interesting you kind of said like this this spirit will rise up in you like do you know who, you know who do you think you are and it's very it's interesting because even the phraseology that we use and and the feeling we experience something rises up in us we stand up we kind of we, we assume this position of towering yeah. above. Who do you think you are? It's almost like we feel so low or put down or rejected or towered over that we, even our body, our countenance, everything rises up to kind of say, you're not above me. Who do you think you are? I am blah, blah, blah. I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Right. And the interesting thing is, and my grandmother, my grandmother used to teach this lesson in such an interesting way. And it applies on such a deep level to this because she would always say about designer clothing. Right. You know, I remember being a young girl, mom, I want, you know, I want designer jeans. You know, I want the Jordache jeans. I want this. And that was like big in the day, you guys, back in the, back in the, uh, you know, in the, in the 1800s. Um, Okay. Okay. So in the 80s and 90s, when you know designer jeans were like blah blah, blah. and my grandmother would say, "Why do you need somebody else's name on your body? Don't you know who you are?" Oh. And I and it was the most precious thing. And she would just, I don't know why you need somebody else's name. Don't you know who you are? I think about it all the time, and it's really interesting because it always makes me prioritize having things, but not letting things own me. And it's so interesting because the connection just got made to the fact that we have people all around us, but you can't let those people own you and people own you. And the enemy owns you through those people. Cause that's ultimately what it is. Cause we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right. But against powers and principalities, those powers and those principalities own you through people when you've got to respond to anything that they say or do, that is not who you are or not what you're feeling in a moment. And the reality is, shouldn't we just sort of look at them no matter how wrong they are, no matter how right they are, no matter how broken they are, no matter what 
what pride or anger or whatever they're dealing with and just kind of smile and go and keep moving. Cause the reality, like, okay. Okay. That's what this person's feeling in a moment. I'll take it all under advisement and I may or may not comment later, but I know who I am. And it's, it's all about knowing who you are. Right. And if that's mm-hmm. our focus, right? If our focus is knowing who we are in Christ, then no spirit of rejection that works against us, especially in this way, you know, can really ever be in control of us. But yeah. Maybe- and the spirit of rejection just always wants to take our life. Like that's the whole point. Just, I'm going to take your life from you because yeah. if you feel rejected all the time, then you are not living the promised life of God giving us life and life to the full. And that's part of it. Like that is it. You know, so if you're always feeling rejected, what does it do? Like you said, Cynthia, it isolates you. It puts you in a corner. You all of a sudden you, you lose your voice. You don't speak up. You become a victim and you, you, you move and you move in this victim, this victim mentality, which honestly, so many people who struggle with being the hero really are act out in that victim mentality. So like they want to look good and be the hero. And as soon as like, they just always want to be the hero of, the, of their own story, right? And then you, if you can move from being a victim to be living it through empowerment, and if you can make that shift from that rejection into the empowerment and you find you're not living an empowered life for yourself, but you're really mm-hmm. doing it to free other people around you, in that process, you become empowered yourself because you realize that others being empowered empowers empowers you in this life. So man, the spirit of rejection is just so it's such a destroyer and the enemy knows that he knows it. Well, the entire system that we live in today is set up on the spirit of rejection. Think about it. Social media. It's all about dealing with the spirit of rejection. How many, how many affirmations, how many friends, how many requests, right? How many eyeballs, all about it. Uh, now, when young girls go to interview with agents, you know, to do what I've done for a living my whole life as a TV host or to do, um, you know, to be a model or what have you, it's shocking to me, but they get asked all the time, what's your social media numbers like? Whoa, right. what? What if you're a girl that loves herself so much she has no social media numbers? That's my nieces. They're like, who has time for that? I'm not getting on social media. I'm not buying into that. I'm not going to be lured into that demonic space, but it can work against them. Question mark. That's crazy. But all of this whole system is set up on controlling you by making you root your identity in it, not in Christ. Because if you're the approval of others, right. And can I just say that something that just kind of dawned on me as you both were speaking is that like the spirit of rejection, not just, it doesn't just steal from you, but it also gets you to literally be so self-centered and so selfish and so narcissistic. That Why don't they like me? Why can't they see me? You know, it really is disgusting. The entrapment of rejection or like what, I mean, not that it's not legitimate, not that it's not painful. It's real. But like what you're saying, Nova, about the fact that like, if you would consider the fact that your fullness is to serve those around you so that they can be empowered to live their fullness, so that they serve others. Like it's not about me. I don't know. That just kind of like 
okay, it dawned so, on me like, what's that? Yes. So first sentence, if you guys, if you guys watching have not read a book that was like the biggest book of all time, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, I don't even remember what, but it's called Purpose Driven Life and it's written by Rick Warren. That book changed my life. That book changed my life because the very first sentence of that book, I mean, sentence one, page one, it's not about you, exclamation point. And then I had an emotional breakdown for the next five days. Because, literally, literally, because I thought, well, then what the heck is it about? <laughs> my whole life, it's been built on being about me. I have to get good grades. I got to dress a certain way. I got to know the right people. I have to go to the right schools. And if I do all of this, I can achieve, I can do, I can overcome, I can be victorious. What? How am I supposed to change my life now based on one sentence? It's not about me. What is it about? And as Rick Warren breaks you down from self in the beginning chapters of that book, he then puts you back together. And what he put me back together in, I'm telling you, this was a critical moment in my surrender to the Lord. I was a young Christian at a crossroad and wanting to change my life just to live for Jesus and and live authentically as the daughter I was created to be, even though I really wasn't even sure what I was created to be. As he put me back together, the thing that he taught me that it was about was others. It's about others. It's not about you. It's about others. That what you do for others is the only thing that lasts. It is the only thing your legacy will ever be built on. How did you impact other people? What reputation, what legacy of love and, and impact in other people's lives have you left? And when I say it's about others, it was for me learning that I was a part of the body of Christ. And the eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you. And the foot can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And I then began to ask God, okay, in the body of Christ, what part of the body am I? And that's when God began to show me through the next seasons of my life, the gifts he'd given me, the talent and the skill set, why I had them and why he gave them to me in the first place. And I have to believe that the only reason why he blessed me in so many ways is because my heart, and he must have known this before I did, that my heart at the end of the day would listen to that lesson, that it was about others. And daughter, it's about what I need you for. And I can accomplish my will without you, but it would be really nice to do it with you you'll partner with me. And man, I'm telling you, it sounds like such a simple concept, but it changed my life and it rocked my world. And you will stop dealing with the spirit of rejection. The mocking enemy can't get you when you begin to realize how incredibly valuable and important you are if you lay yourself down and you focus on God at work through you for others. Do you really, I mean, like when people attack me sometimes on social media, you know, and it's like, you know, how can you not say, you know, how can you say that, you know, this or that, um, you know, or how can you feel this way? Or I don't believe in your God. How can you say that my life will be made better by this or that or whatever? 
I, I, you know, if I just go to this reality of like, it's just not about that, you know, it's just not about all that. Then I, I don't get caught up in this stuff. These spirits that want to throw you off course. They want to steal your calling. They want to lie to you. They want to tell you that you're not enough, that you're not, you know, you're not making an impact. You're not this, you're not that. No, the reality is we are so powerful. We're powerful beyond measure when, when we are not self-focused. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I mean, I'm telling you, I, my whole life was self-focused, you know, and, and I certainly prior to that moment, because I'm telling you, when I say I had a breakdown, I did, I cried for days. Cause I'm like, I don't understand then what's it about. <laughs> Literally that sounds so childish, but it was, it was, it is, Look, that kind of self-absorption is childish, but we live in a world that wants us to all live self-focused. What's your authentic self? What lie do you believe? Because whatever lie you believe, we're all going to go along with it because you get to choose. Where is God in all of this? You know, where is God in your choice? Because you were created. You're not the creator. Yeah. We didn't create anything. We come here, we inherit and we die. And if we're lucky, we go back to our creator. Everything in between is just everything in between. And what are you going to do with everything in between? That's the question. Mm. And what we create, I mean, I, I just think of, I don't know. I just like, you see like really confident people who are making moves in the world and like from the worldview is like, wow, you're really impacting or wow, you're really, you know, so there's a certain point that in of success and of quote unquote confidence that you can get to without the Lord. But at the end of the day, like all that, there's going to be a day where everything's going to be shaken. And the only thing, like you said, Cynthia is like, if, if you, if you create an, an identity or a definition of yourself outside of God, that is not going to stand till the end. I mean, I just, I, I just think of that and I'm, it's it, you know what? Amen. It, it, yeah. I, this is this is the scripture that the Lord brought to my mind. It's Colossians two ten, and it says, um, "So you also are complete through the union with." Christ. Actually, I like this other translation. And you have been made complete in Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You are complete in Christ. Yeah. If we can get that eighteen inch drop from the head to the heart. I am complete in Christ and he is the ruler. He is the authority over all. So nothing can touch me. And like, right. We set the course of our lives with our words and what a scripture tell us to do. Take every thought, every, everything captive. Right. Yes. And, and, you know, to me, the ultimate summary of the word of God has been, an anonymous quote that I read one day, and it is, it's attributed to anonymous inside God's will. There is no failure outside his will. There is no success. Mm. And it's true. It's true. Dang. Everything I've That's it. done. It's true. Wow. I mean, I've gone into business deals, relationships, partnerships where you just go, Oh yeah. In worldly terms, it's all on and popping. There's no way this can fail. I got the right this, got the right that, wore the right this, wore the right that, said the right this, said the right that. And you know what? It failed. And that, I always go back to that statement, you know, in those moments. Why did it fail? And those moments are usually when the enemy of rejection is going, see, 
you can't do anything. I right. told you. It failed again. See, I told you. And then I'll just mm-hmm. literally now look at it and go, yeah, because inside God's will, there's no failure. And outside God's will, there's no success. So that wasn't his will for me. And you know what? I know his will is good. Moving on. No need to have a pity party, you know? And it, look, I mean, look, the reality is, okay, so you practice your faith. And I can have that response pretty fast now in some situations. In other situations, it may take me a month to get to that response. In some other ones, it'll take a year of struggle. But the whole point is to try to have that response immediately because mm-hmm. the enemy steals your time. And if he can yeah. keep you struggling around, looking and trying to figure it out, and you're not yeah. really ever sure of the choice you're making for Christ, hear me, <laughs> right? You make the choice. Now you're back over here struggling, which really means you haven't made a choice to really believe. So you're mm-hmm. back over here. Now you made the choice again, but then you're back over here and you're struggling again. The enemy doesn't need to kill you. He just needs to keep you right there. Because if you live right there forever, you're never going forward. Right. Pick a lane, even sin. If you're struggling with sin, fine, pick the lane and live it. Stop wasting your time because the enemy is stealing your life. And the reason you're struggling with sin is probably because you're supposed to pick over here. And if you pick the God lane, get in it and just stop wasting time. Less wars for myself, also. Same, <laughs> always, right? For all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I think another—I mean, just one thought I just had because, of course, I see both of you as such leaders, you know, and our other Christina. So many of our girlfriends that really. One thing that I've I've noticed about people that I that really are walking out humbly in service to God, but you know people would say there's a real leadership there is they just led from where they were at. It wasn't like, well, when I get there, you know, then I'll live my best life. It's like today, today I can partner with Jesus. I can listen to the voice of God. I can partner with him. I'm going to lead from where I'm at today. I might be a mom sitting at home with the toddler. I'm going to lead from that space. I might have dreams of doing something one day, but be faithful right here. Right. Be faithful right where, where you're at and not feel rejected. Like, oh, I see all these other moms that, you know, they do all these things. You know, you could all of a sudden, right? Rejection, comparison, but just Perfect. decide, like us deciding humbly, Lord, help me lead from where it may, help me make the best snack possible for a toddler today. <laughs> yeah. Help you me know? not to yell at my toddler. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. Oh gosh, I'll tell you, yeah. Nova, if we can get up every day this week, all of us, and um, and actually say that prayer, you know, God, teach me to lead from where I am today. Mm-hmm. Teach me to be the best mom possible, the best sister possible, the best wife possible, the best girlfriend possible, the best colleague at work possible, the best, you know, secretary, the best assistant, the best whatever it is, you know. I think that our lives would change. And I know for a fact that if you lead from that place, you know, when you wake up in the morning, every day, that's your prayer, then God's going to give you so much. He's going to give you so much, you know? Um, and I'm looking at some of these comments, you know, and it, and it's uh, yes, it's our ego, which edges God out, E-G-O. And, 
brings out pride in us in at full force. And it's true. I always use that one. You know, ego stands for edging got out and pride. You know, and it's always the partner there, right? You know, with ego, they they are a perfect couple. Ego and pride, aren't they pretty? <laughs> you know, and and not, <laughs> not. And um, another comment we got um, because, and and the reason why I'm going to some of these comments, you guys, is because, you know, I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing that there's a few more points I want to make. But what I don't ever want to do is rush through the richness of the conversations and the fellowship that we have here. So I'd rather just continue the study next week, you know, because I do think that this is a really, really big one. And I think it's the biggest struggle that we all are dealing with in our Christian walk, because everything about the world today is rejecting us. Everything about the world is rejecting the Christian believer, the pure girl, the celibate Christian, the, you know, everything about the world we live in is rejecting love. Look at hate. Hate has been the media platform for the last, I don't know how many years. Like, look at the division, right? Love is about unity. Love is about wisdom. It's about compassion. Everything that we are dealing with today is about the opposite of that. Those spirits, mocking spirits, spirits of rejection, you know, spirits of, 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 of less than, spirits of jacked up, you know, all of it. Spirits of, of false identity, you know, which call themselves authentic. You know, oh, I'm living my authentic life. So I'm going to change everything about myself, the self I was born and created to be. And you and I both know you can change a lot of things about your exterior they don't change the reality of what God created on the inside. Your interior does not change just because you change your exterior. And that is a lie that the enemy wants so many people to believe. You know, you can dress it up differently, but the same insecurities are still there. The same struggles are still there. The same sadness, depression, fear, all of it. Is still there. So it's best that you do it God's way and confront the spirit, confront the enemy head on, look at yourself with honesty, check yourself, check your emotions. You know, I love that saying, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Cause all of this is designed to wreck you and everything about God is designed to put you together and build you up and make you feel powerful. You know, um, I don't know. I love this one when we were talking about this. Um, and this is a great response to uh, the spirit of rejection um, when someone says something and it makes you want to go to that place of cowering in rejection, you don't know me well enough for me to be offended by you. <laughs> that is so good. So good, uh, Cecilia, because I got to tell you, that's A, it's true. And B, the people that do know me really well, they would come to me and talk to me and I would feel the spirit of love that would temper their criticism. And even when someone loves me, if they're in critical mode or anger mode or what have you, and they're trying to deliver a correction, I shut them down because they're not behaving with the spirit of love that I know that they have or that they say that they have for me. And so when you want to reply to them in a way that's negative, it's usually because they've now made you not trust them because they're not being consistent with what their heart condition toward you should be. So there's a lot, there's so many layers to all of this. You know, there's so many layers, but ultimately, you know, 
love just shows up no matter what other spirit is there. And ultimately love just shows up and love behaves as Jesus, you know? So I think, I think we're going to stop there this week and then we'll finish these last few uh, because um, the next sort of indicator that you're dealing with a demonically powered spirit of rejection centers in always trying to prove yourself in public. And we could open up a whole can of worms on that one. So we'll save it. Um, yes, uh, D, we miss Christina B this week as well. Hi, shout out to Christina Boutreau. Um, so as we wrap it up, you guys, what, where do you, what do you, do you have any last words for us before we go for this week? I feel like, I feel like the subject was nailed on the head. We'll just say that. I don't know if I have anything else to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm kind of just drinking, drinking it in and, yeah. And also just feeling like I have kind of walked, I've been the person who's probably rejected people um, and put that on others and just asking God to forgive me of that. Amen. You know, right. Amen. so I, I think I'm coming at a place where, you know, God break, break my heart for that. Like for, for others and people I have, have hurt. Too. So it just kind of came up in me. I'm like, yeah, no, I, yeah, I've been offended, but I'm sure I've been the offender. Yeah, and, um, and so, so I pray, just pray for, for those people. And if God brings me a name that I would be humble enough to, to go and apologize. Amen. Why don't I pray us out? Lord, um, thank you for Nova and Christina. Thank you for every girl who's here and is a part of Girl Club. Thank you for what you teach us every week. Thank you for a safe place to share our struggles and our fears and our triumphs and our joys. Thank you for being our father. Thank you for being on the throne because you are still God and you still reign. And thank you for loving us. And thank you, Lord, in advance for helping us this week to notice where we might be struggling with these spirits of rejection yeah. and insecurity and low self-esteem and help us to meet them with a godly response this week. Mm -hmm. Lord, thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Hey guys, thanks for being a part of Girl Club. Well, we love you. And I know I look forward to these sessions hopefully, uh, probably more than you do um, for a lot of reasons. So I ask you to please tell a friend, bring some more women that you know could use the strengthening that these amazing young women of God have to share and want to give so freely. And thank you ladies for your time. You know, thank you for your heart. And I know it's a big commitment on Saturday mornings and I trust me, I'm grateful and I don't take it lightly. I love you to heaven and back. And I love each and every one of you who's watching to heaven and back. I'm Cynthia Garrett. You've been a part of Girl Club. We will see you next week. And you can catch us on repeat right here on Cynthia Garrett Ministries YouTube channel and over on Salem Light Source and One Place on audio if you want the podcast version. Love y'all. See you soon. Bye, guys. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for working everything out for my good. 
Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.